0: It's no secret that I use lots of TV shows, movie references, I was born in LA, I went to a bunch of movies, I watched a lot of TV as a kid, and so when I see something on television that moves me, I need to talk about it. We are talking a very raw podcast about the bear in three, two, one. INTRO! Welcome to the I Heart Chocolate Podcast, a space where chasing dreams and indulging in chocolate is celebrated. Where it's okay to walk the abnormal path, break tradition, and pursue your own true happiness. A space where you can gain encouragement, inspiration, and confidence to go out there and become the best chocolatier you possibly can be. I'm your host, Tina Codinia, and I know what it is to be chocolate crazy. Like you truly feel called to do this, as if a light suddenly went on and all arrows point to chocolate. I've had the honor of working under some of the best chocolatiers in the industry and all the while have dedicated my free time toward bettering my craft at home. I'm a wife, a mother, founder of Codenia Chocolate and Codenia Chocolate Mentorship, which I proudly run with my amazing, talented husband, Bruno. Chocolate is so much in my blood, I couldn't live without it. It's been the wildest journey thus far and my hope is that this inspires you to keep on keeping on and believe that you can do this too. Because the truth is, yes you can. You really, truly can. So consider me your new chocolate friend, constantly cheering you on because I'm right there with you. And let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the I Heart Chocolate Podcast where we normally talk most things, chocolate, mindset, business strategy, all the things. But today we are switching it up and we are talking about a TV show that focuses on chef life, kitchen culture, all the things, and we are talking about The Bear on FX slash Hulu. So I'm not going to give too many spoilers away. I don't think I'm really going to give spoilers away. I'm literally just going to talk off the top of my head why I really enjoyed this show, what I thought was relevant to my own kitchen experience, and what I feel many other chefs of you out there who are listening related to so the bear is the story of a guy named Carmi who takes over his brother's sandwich shop and this place is kind of a dump there's chaos everywhere there's no organization there's no order the books are a mess and for whatever reason his late brother michael who was hooked up on painkillers and shot himself left this sandwich shop to his younger brother Carmi. that's the general bit like i said i won't go too much into details watch the show. I really liked it. I think you'll really like it. The characters in the show bring a lot. There's a backstory involved, and it definitely, for me, was just a very entertaining show to watch from multiple angles. As someone who's been in the industry, as just a viewer, as someone who just appreciates the different character play with each other, how certain moments were shot, all the things. The attention to detail on certain things, the monologues that were in this show, it's fantastic. Go watch the bear. Um, but I wanted to come real quick and talk about a few things that really triggered and I guess depicted more or less the reality of people's experiences in the industry. I know that there's several other people, several other friends who recommended the show to me and they said, wow, it is so spot on. It's insane. And after hearing so many good things and it got 100% in Raw and Tomatoes, I decided to sit down and watch it with Bruno. And we finished it in two or three days. Each episode's like 30 minutes, except the last one. But it's super quick to digest. There's a lot compacted in those episodes. And it's crazy because at the end of it, I think um, one of the crazy things, I mean, I feel like to be in this industry, you are kind of crazy especially if you're in the restaurant industry, which is, of course, not what we specialize in. But if you're in the restaurant industry, you're crazy. But the fact that chefs, you know, many of us are willing to go back to it day after day after day. And you wonder why, when you see the crazy long hours, let's talk about that. Uh, Seeing that you come into a crummy apartment and not really having strength to cook for yourself, like, cook yourself something decent, right? There's a scene where Carmi is making himself like a PB&J and to the same effect, I just recall there's days where I would work long hours, I'd come home and I would just have instant ramen. Not very nutritious, not really taking care of my own physical health, but you're just so tired. You don't want it. the last thing you want to do is cook for yourself, right? And it's funny that chefs for a living, we put our time, energy, into learning these skills to elevate cuisine and give people, you know, the best dining experience possible, but then so many of us don't do that for ourselves because you simply don't have the energy anymore to do that, right? That's something I noticed. Another highlight of the show is the different personalities in a kitchen. So again, I don't come from a restaurant background. I dabbled in it very, very briefly. Bruno spent couple years in michelin star restaurants working in restaurants and so he's seen many different personalities as well but that's not uncommon right and when you have a staff who is used to being um doing things in a certain way and there's a new chef who comes in and tries to shake it up and tries to get organized not everybody gets on board right away not everybody likes that people don't like change It reminded me that for the brief amount of time that I was a sous chef, it was very difficult to get the older people on board because they just simply wanted to do the job how they've always done it, job done, you know, clap their hands, and that's it. And when you have someone who's young and ambitious and sees the potential that a place could be and you're trying so dang hard to get people to listen to you and it's chaos and it's disorganization and it's yelling and it's people not getting it and you're wondering why don't they understand it and lacking the empathy for them because they weren't trained as rigorously as you. They didn't go through all the things that you did. You are now trying to elevate something that most people would call a piece of crap. It's just a very interesting play on, on it. And then, of course, in the show, you see later the, f- the family side of it amongst all the different personalities in the kitchen. And I think that that was very true for every place that I worked in, as much as there's different age groups, different backgrounds, different levels of experience at the end of it. For the most part, in most places I worked on, there was always a sense of family. And that is very comforting. Another part I wanted to point out is Chef Sid. So, again, I'm sorry, if you haven't watched The Bear, you're probably going to skip over this podcast. If you have watched The Bear, listen along, right? Uh, Chef said she is carrying around a small notebook, right? And she wakes up in the middle of the night to take her notes, to try and work on new things. She's just trying to win the approval of Chef Carmi. And to him, he said, unless it's absolutely perfect, it doesn't fly. She goes and presents a dish, you know, not expecting crazy high praise, nervous about how the chef is going to react. And he says, it's tremendous. And she's like, wow, tremendous. That's such a positive, impactful word, but it's not perfect. So it's not going to fly. And that pressure of perfection in our industry is a huge one. It's something that I don't think any single one of us take lightly. Although I think in recent The more recent generation has maybe learned to let go of this image of absolute perfection with everything because we are human, but that obsession to be perfect, the obsession that you have to try something and it's never going to be right the first time and the chef is always going to have some minute detail to pick apart and you're going to do tasting after tasting after tasting after tasting after tasting, true story. And it's never going to be exactly right, only for it to maybe go back to what it originally was. I have been there many, many times, and it sucks. That that stuck with me. Of course, all the kitchen slang, corner, behind, chef, all those things, right? That's very common in kitchen culture. And it's just a sense of order. Once again, like the, the sense of order that runs a kitchen, that makes a kitchen run really well. And I think seeing Chef Carmi's desire to bring order and bring something great to a place that was kind of a shab was very inspiring I know this is just a tv show I know the writers put it a certain way but even how it was shot how they developed the characters in a short amount of space and time to highlight what most chefs feel and go through which is they have ambition and they just want to be seen and heard and they lack soft skills to be more empathetic to their co-workers or to be kind to their family or to understand that you know their sous chef is just trying the best she can and has a limit too you can't just constantly dump everything on her until she eventually breaks which she does spoiler alert in season in episode seven and that brings me to One of the main things that I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely loved about The Bear was Episode 7. I loved it so much, I watched it twice. And it was shot all in just one shot. And if you can appreciate the mastery of going from scene to scene to see how quickly the kitchen switched from calm to chaos. And that moment where you just absolutely lose it at your work and you absolutely lose any sense of decorum. You lose yourself. You start speaking in ways that are not work appropriate. You start having heated arguments with people. You let the emotion get the best of you. There's so much going on and you don't have time to digest it because the printer is running orders and you have to keep up. That high stress, crazy contrast craziness of an episode was like (sniffs) chef's kiss it was so good so freaking good go watch the freaking bear go watch it and then of course the last episode the monologue uh diving into why do chefs do what they do and even after all that chaos the fact that sid you know, was asked, well, what are you going to do after this? She said, I'm probably going to go work for another place and work for another place and work for another place and continue it. And it's not because, you know, we like to put ourselves through torture, but it's generally the creation, being able to make people happy through food, how the creativity feeds that is a joy that I don't think anyone else understands unless you are another creative. I think that's why so many people who I went to school with personally are not in the industry anymore and doing other things. A lot of them doing more lucrative things like being a nurse or something like that. And I think it's just because this industry really requires a very special type of person to not just succeed in it, but to survive it, to thrive in it to take it on for what it is and feed your creativity but also inspire others through your action and also grow as a person and try to change an industry that's a little bit old school with the brigade system and everything being so French and uptight and rules and strict and constriction to one of understanding and letting creativity flow and listening to others and hearing them out. And seeing what can come from that. That is something I'm very excited to see develop in season two. They were approved for season two because the show was so hugely successful. Again, this is just a raw podcast, top of the head. I thoroughly enjoyed The Bear. Like I said, I I related to many different characters, seeing them in different places. Marcus the Patissier, who got... A taste of what elevated cuisine could be like and went to the books and started you know working on this donut started working on building the chocolate cake started working on perfecting his craft on something he's never done before and that once you get a taste of knowing that things could be organized and better and maybe even if you're in an old school situation like tina on the show who realizes she likes when you know she vibes well and she has her stuff together and she's all clean and organized, and that food could be elevated in a new way and being taught new things. Just the expansion, um, the dialogue, uh, again, the way it was shot, however, they I don't know who shot it, the name of the person, but how it was shot scene by scene, the emotion brought to each character, the actors did amazing. I'm not a freaking movie reviewer, but I freaking really enjoyed Bear. Anyways, that is my podcast for today. Please let me know in the comments if you are a chef. What did you enjoy about the show? Did anything trigger to you? Uh, Did you find things were mostly true? Did you feel like things were a little bit exaggerated? On that last note, I will say there was one piece of this show uh, that Bruno felt was a little bit too much. And I have never personally experienced this. Bruno has never personally experienced this. I hope no one has actually personally experienced this. But in one of the first episodes, the chef... That Carmy is working under. He's, you know, he's trying to plate this really intricate dish, and the chef is just yelling at him, putting all these numbers, making him feel, you know, inadequate. And then the chef said, "You should be dead." And Bruno's like, "Whoa, that—that's too far. Like, no one would say that to someone in the kitchen. I hope no one had said that to anyone in the kitchen. But that line maybe pushed it a little bit too dark. Unless that's the experience of someone out there. That's just kind of crazy." Um, but, yeah, it puts into perspective. Why do we do the things that we do? Why do we stick to kitchen life if you are a chef? Why do you like it so much? Like I said, I'm not restaurant background. I tried it for a little bit. I couldn't last. It lasted, like, three weeks. Bruno worked in a couple of Michelin star restaurants and, you know, got his butt whipped around and came out better for it. But I would not choose restaurant if it were for the long haul. But I can understand and I can appreciate people who do and I can see, you know, how that type of lifestyle fits certain people. But I just wonder, you know, us as chefs, as creatives, why do we do the things that we do? What drives us? Is it just to make people happy through our creation? Is it the process? Like it's a very high-stressed, demanding, labor-intensive job. So anyways, can't wait for season two. Let me know your thoughts below. Do you agree with it? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Could you watch it? Could you not watch it? And I will see you guys on the next one. Enjoy your weekend. And that's all folks. By the way, in case we aren't friends yet, let's keep the connection going and get social on the gram. You can always reach out to us at Contenia Chocolate where we post inspirational, drool-worthy, and informative tips on all things chocolate. And can I just say, thanks for hanging out with me today. If you felt a connection from this podcast or found it helpful, please be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so we can keep spreading the chocolate happiness. Y'all know that that is my life mission. But really though, <laughs> via chocolate making, teaching, and now through sound. woo Have a beautiful day. And I know it's going to sound cheesy, but it is true. In case you needed a reminder, you are 100% worthy of the life that you dream, chocolate-filled or otherwise. You just have to summon up the courage to pursue it. And then you keep pursuing and grinding and working and loving it until you get there. Okie dokie. Catch you on the next one.